Welcome to the Exec MBA podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Hayden Wilson. Hayden is a first-year student in our Executive MBA class of 2024, and he and I recently connected to talk more about his decision to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, how things are going in his first year, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Hayden Wilson. Hayden, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brett. Good to be here. It's great to talk with you. What a time to be alive. ACC tournament is on the television. Uh, here we are in the midst of things, an exciting time of year, uh, spring, hopefully on the horizon, NCAA tournament uh, season, basketball everywhere. And we're recording this podcast. Does it get any better than this? No, no, it's uh, couldn't be more excited. And good luck to your Tar Heels uh, in the tournament. I actually had the pleasure of going to the UNC UVA game at, at uh, JPJ this this uh, this fall in Charlottesville, and it was it was such a great game. And then, of course, UNC won the second, so I'm excited for the round three. That's right, the rubber match here. I, yeah. I couldn't believe the number of current students who somehow got tickets to that UNC UVA game. I guess it helps to know someone on the coaching staff of the UVA men's basketball team, but I think there were like 20 or more people who managed to get to that game, and that tends to be one of the hotter tickets. Definitely, uh, definitely a hot ticket, and um, yeah, big thanks to to Johnny Carpenter for uh, for helping us out on the ticket front. Yeah, friend of the podcast. So how how are things going, Hayden? Um, how are you doing? Um, things are good. I I feel like uh, we're we're just kicking off Q four. I feel like I'm finally like hitting my stride in in terms of school prep and um, really gelling. And, and big shout out to uh, Learning Team thirteen. Trying to just you know they talk about you know, the storming period where you're trying to figure it all out. And now we're, I feel like we're really uh, in a cohesive spot trying to figure out how we're going to all manage workloads. And um, outside of case prep, I think they're also just super helpful in terms of helping everyone stay on track um, with not just, not just school, but work and personal things. And um, it's, it's been such a great experience so far. Well, we always tell students this is not the most comfortable idea, but we get a lot of questions from prospective students about the time commitment and how do people make all this work together. And we tell folks there's a learning curve here. You're not going to be great at it when you start, and there's going to be some trial and error, and it's probably going to take six, eight months for you to really feel settled. Um, and honestly, that will continue to evolve. I mean, every quarter is kind of its own challenge because you're getting new classes every couple of months. Or what, What's made you feel like you've turned a corner here uh, in terms of feeling like you've got a rhythm going? Yeah, it, it, it's been really helpful to actually hear from the, the students the year above. They've been very active. And, and the one word that they, they keep using is make sure you give yourself a little grace, right? You are learning a lot of this material for the first time. And so just trying to internalize that and, and now having a couple quarters under, under our bat, under our sleeves, it, it just, you just get a better rhythm and motion. And, and I think you just, again, like hit that stride. So. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We're, we'll make some time also for learning team 13, LT 13, as I'm sure y'all uh, refer to yourselves. So we've had LT2 from the second year executive MBA class on the podcast. Probably one of my favorite conversations. I think it's easily probably one of the most complex podcast conversations we've ever had. I mean, five, six participants in that conversation. But it was great for students to be able to hear how a learning team works together and how they manage 
manage the workload, going through the executive MBA program. And that word grace is really important, even within a learning team, because not everybody's going to be able to give their full effort every single week. And so you're, you're sharing uh, responsibilities in that way. So Hayden, tell us a little bit more about you. Um, who are you and what's your background? Oh, sure. Um, I am a native of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I grew up in a highly competitive household. Um, I was the youngest of four boys in my family. Uh, I was a, a Boy Scout growing up. I got to do a lot of really cool hikes and got to see uh, the great state of Arizona, even hike the Grand Canyon with my dad as a as a young boy. And that was just a great experience. And I'm um, proud to say I'm actually an Eagle Scout. Um, then uh, I actually went out back east for high school where I got really into sports, a uh, big fan of basketball, football, and lacrosse. Uh, and then I found my way to Virginia. My uh, father and two older siblings had gone to UVA. Uh, I was very fortunate to have gotten into UVA. And um, I studied uh, history and uh, got a bachelor's degree. And then after graduation, uh, I really fell in love with New York at a young age. So I decided to move up to New York. Uh, where I spent the last about 15 years uh, working in the media and advertising space. Uh, I'm currently a senior client partner at Oracle, and I work with some of the largest CPG brands to help them with their data strategy uh, and uh, and partner with them uh, in, in various different ways across the, the digital ecosystem. How did you decide um, that you wanted to pursue an MBA? How did that become something um, that that you said this is the right next step for me? Yeah, I uh, I was actually listening to Tom Petty, which I know is a favorite of yours. And when did I start running down that that MBA dream? Uh, funny enough, I actually started my journey back in, in 2010. Uh, I remember grinding and, and going to GMAT prep courses uh, over the weekends in New York. Uh, I actually had a very traumatic. Uh, GMAT test experience. I won't go into all the all the details, but the short version is my my monitor went blank. I like was raising my hand and no one came to fix it. And it was just a very tough experience. Um, and then I for, for whatever reason at the time I just decided that that school was not the right move for me. Uh, and then flash forward almost a decade later, I kind of took a macro view of my career. I started to look at a lot of the senior leaders that I looked up to in my industry. Uh, and, and close friends, and I realized a lot of them had had gotten their MBAs. Um, so I started talking to you know my family, my friends, and and I think everyone really agreed that pursuing an MBA would benefit me both professionally and, and personally. I appreciate the Tom Petty shout out. We don't talk about Full Moon Fever enough here on this podcast. I wish we talked about it more. I've I've been I've been jamming Tom Petty prepping for this all week, so. Do you have a favorite Petty song? Um, Won't Back Down. It's just, it's a great story of just not giving up and going for it. And just such a, such a classic, classic Tom Petty tune. Yeah, nice Johnny Cash cover of that out there. Uh, very spare, very different than the Tom Petty original, but yeah, Full Moon Fever. Maybe you just need one, one album. Uh, one Tom Petty album, if you're going to get one, that's a pretty good one to start with. It is, of course, just a solo album, but the Heartbreakers are still on it. Um, I had that one on cassette back in the day. I'm aging myself terribly at this point, but it's a great cassette. Uh, I uh, feel fortunate I got to see Tom live at the Garden with Steve Winwood during my time in New York. Uh, and then again, a Force Hill Stadium out in New York uh, before he passed away. So 
So how did you get interested in, in Darden? I imagine the UVA connection played some role here. Yeah, I I did a ton of research on schools. I I attended a, a ton of information sessions, mock classes. I, I think hopefully you saw my face a lot um, in, in the lead up. Um, but the, the three really major factors that led me to Darden were, one, I think it had the best mix of in-person and virtual. I love that I could be with my classmates once a month in person. That was really important to me. I, I, I think uh, a big part of my MBA journey is building relationships with my classmates and with teachers. And then also having the flexibility to work from home twice a week and just the convenience that that gives me while I'm trying to balance um, everything in my life. Uh, number two, uh, I really wanted to be in a large city. Uh, I lived in New York City for a long time. I think DC has so much to offer, both from uh, business uh, opportunities, cultural events, um, and it's super accessible. I, I, I live in, uh, in Richmond, and it's very easy for me to get there on the train. Uh, other people drive. Uh, the Roslyn grounds are also super convenient for people that fly in. Um, you know, Reagan's like an eight-minute drive. So um, being, being in a big city was really, really key. And then lastly, I would say the people. I got amazing vibes from everyone that I spoke with that's associated with Darden, from you, Brett, and the admissions team, to the faculty, to past and current students I spoke with, Darden truly felt like a place where I, where I belong. I love that. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's interesting when we talk with prospective students, maybe they start with thinking about things like ranking or brand. And then when you start drilling down, you start thinking about your actual experience as a student, things like culture, the people who are gonna be in the classroom with you, how people engage with each other, that's the stuff that I think ultimately leads people one direction or another, the sense of community, camaraderie, esprit de corps, which of course I think of as a hallmark of our executive MBA program, maybe not necessarily something people are expecting with a working professional program, um, but definitely something I think that comes through when you talk to people who are in this program, who've done this program, just how much they enjoy their classmates. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, the, the, the people I spoke with were, were the, really a big draw and I just, I felt an instant connection and, and everyone was so um, accessible too. I mean, everyone I reached out to was immediately like, oh, I'd love to get on the phone with you. I'd love to tell you about Darden. They're very enthusiastic about, about to tell their experience. So you mentioned you're in Richmond um, and you come into Roslyn for the once a month weekend residencies. What does that uh, travel schedule look like uh, for you? When do you come in? Do you come in uh, on, on Thursday night? You come in Friday morning? How do, how do you manage that? Yeah, great question. We, um, I, I wake up early Fridays. I take uh, the Amtrak. It is uh, super easy. It's also $10 uh, to take it from Richmond, Staples Mill up to Alexandria, which is about 10 minutes from Roslyn. Uh, and then, uh, so I get on the 8.30 train, I get up to uh, Alexandria at 10.30, and then uh, Taylor on my learning team uh, is very kind and picks me up. She lives a few minutes from the train station, and then uh, I'm up in Roslyn by 11, and then we typically uh, have breakfast, and then I'm, I'm uh, ready for homeroom at 11.30, and then uh, kick off classes around noon. Nice. Excellent. All right. A learning team member picking you up from the train station. I, I love that. Um, so you come to Darden, you're a brand new student. We talked a little bit about this at the outset, sort of getting your getting your sea legs, getting adjusted to the schedule. Um, but what's been the biggest adjustment for you here in the first three uh, quarters or so of the program? 
Yeah, I mean, it, for me, the biggest adjustment has has been the balance, right? And and how can I prioritize uh, what's most important? Uh, obviously, we're all balancing school, work, and family time. Uh, I think Darn has really helped me to be present, um, both when I'm on grounds and and with my classmates and and with uh, with teachers, but also when I am not, you know, grinding on cases and stuff. I'm and with my family. I'm I'm very focused and and making sure I'm I'm maximizing my time with with them. And then I think it also plays out at work where I'm just. Uh, very present when I'm talking to customers and just being very focused with my time. Is that something you had always done or is that something that became very clear once you started the program? When when did that shift happen? Or maybe that's how you were always engaged? Yeah, I I think uh, that that shift is is still kind of ongoing and occurring. It's something that, you know, you're always, you're kind of, your mind's probably in a lot of places, but I think, you know, given given the workload and given all the, all the, uh, things I'm trying to balance my life. It really focus you uh, helps you focus and prioritize what is most important uh, at all times, and I'm just taking everything kind of one step at a time. Do you have a particular way of sort of figuring out? Okay, this is the number one priority. Are you talking with people? Are you? Um, is is this just sort of a self reflection exercise? Because I do think this is something that executive MBA students have to do. Like you can't do everything all the time. You have to figure out what's most important. So how 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 have you uh, worked through that process? Yeah, I think reflection plays a big part of that, and I know it's um, it's something that that the school stresses. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say I, I have to pause and breathe a lot. Uh, I also also like to meditate as much as possible. That helps um, clear the mind, and and then writing things down, like physically writing down things, and not not just lists, but just just trying to remind myself what's what's you know what's what's top of the list, what's going to fill the me bucket. Because uh, at the end of the day, if I'm I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not taking care of, of my family or, or others. And just, it's been um, uh, really helpful also to just, uh, I've found that I've been focusing, as I've been focused on myself, that I've also been exercising a lot more. And I think that's really helped relieve any kind of stress and other, uh, you know, impurities and just kind of push that out. So um, yeah, working out, meditation, those have been really, really key to this. Yeah, self-care is something that can very easily get pushed to the side when you're as busy as our executive MBA students are. I've, I've been intrigued, though, uh, that there's like a wellness initiative uh, bubbling up within your class, which is which is really cool. And in some collaboration across the first and second year executive MBA classes around this and just people talking about this, trying to bring more of these practices into the weekend residencies. Uh, that's been really cool to see. Yeah, that that came uh, pretty organically, and uh, Liza and our and our cohort um, has has pulled that together. And yeah, they uh, I even saw on um, on our on our uh, Discord channel, which is how we kind of communicate with each other, that there's a bunch of people going to Barry's uh, boot camp tomorrow, and she's kind of organized that. Um, they're also trying to organize some meditation uh, classes while we're all on grounds together. So yeah, there's there's definitely been a swell of. Uh, enthusiasm around wellness as of late. And then I'm also on the, the Darden Running Club, which is great. We get up uh, early uh, 6.15 every Saturday and uh, go and run a few miles around beautiful Washington, DC. I know you'll have a weekend residency uh, this weekend, uh, running club, getting together, going for a run on Saturday. Absolutely, yeah. I think we're looking at a uh, high 30s, maybe low 40s, probably some wind. So it'll, um, won't we'll, we'll compare it to the 18 degrees I think that we experienced in in February, 
Um, but yeah, looking, looking forward to it and uh, excited to get out there with my classmates. Well, you mentioned your family. I want to take a little time here to talk about how did you prepare your family for this experience um, and what this might look like and how have you kept them engaged as you've gone along? You're now in quarter four of the program. So what's been the process that you've worked with with your family in terms of helping them understand uh, your program experience? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, great having my wife as a sounding board. She was actually a math major, so she's got more of the more of that quant mind where I'm 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 a self-proclaimed poet being a history major. Uh, and so it's, you know, going through even like economics, she's like, oh, I remember that course or that concept. So uh, it's been fun to try to educate her along the way. And I think she's really appreciated that I can, you know, exude a little bit of, of knowledge uh, her way at, at no cost, I think, you know. <laughs> um, and, and uh, she's been super uh, engaged in terms of helping. Uh, obviously, we're managing two young boys at home, and you know, doing doing a lot of preparation um, things things as simple as like meal planning and things of that nature uh, have been really helpful to like uh, you know make make everybody uh, kind of clear on on what what to expect for the week ahead and and help balance um, everything between work and school and, and family time. Do you have a family calendar or some place where you show like blocks of time so people can understand? Oh, I've got a learning team meeting. I've got online class tonight. I know that can that, that can be something that I've heard from other students can be helpful, but everybody has their own approach here. Yeah, we have, and this might sound a little like overkill. We actually have three working calendars. We have a monthly calendar that that sits right in the kitchen. And then uh, I put my daily schedule up on another whiteboard that's right above the fridge. So my wife knows, and it's color-coded. I, I'm probably overly uh, organized. It's like, this is you know when I have a work meeting, this is when I have uh, school and class. Uh, and, and so, and then we have a weekly calendar so we can understand kind of meal prep. But yeah, it's, it's super important to, to talk but all, and to have that, that schedule. But then within that schedule, you also have to be really flexible because you never know what's going to happen. And just being able to, to be adaptable is, is really, really key as well. Well, you mentioned your learning team as well, uh, Learning Team 13. Tell us a little bit more about your learning team. Yeah, Lucky lucky 13. Um, I feel like I hit the jackpot with, with my learning team. We have a, a great mix uh, of individuals. Uh, we've got uh, Kofi, who's in the healthcare uh, sector, uh, Josh, who's in kind of uh, media and creative like myself, uh, Taylor, who's in the Navy, uh, was a rower, uh, Kate, who works in finance, and Andrew, who works at Amazon uh, and Last Mile Delivery. And I would say everyone has a different strength and weakness. We uh, really prop each other up in different ways. Um, Josh and I, uh, you know, have similar kind of family dynamics, so we talk a lot more on the personal side. Uh, Kofi uh, lives in Richmond, so we actually get to see each other. We, um, he's very kind and, and drives me back uh, after the weekend, so we get to uh, catch up and actually get to uh, talk live. Uh, Kate's in finance, so I, I'm, I've found that I'm super uh, into finance, so it's really fun to bounce ideas off of her. Uh, and she's uh, on the younger side and kind of working her way up in her organization, and, and I'm trying to just impart some, some of my leadership knowledge to her. And then Taylor and I, uh, we call it battle excels, but during a lot of our quant classes, we'll both be in the, in the spreadsheets at the same time, kind of going at it and trying to update um, different numbers 
so that's that's always that's always a fun uh, experience. And then uh, Andrew uh, just just had a baby. Um, very excited for him and his new daughter. But Andrew's um, great at keeping us all organized. He's been awesome on the prep front and um, just just keeping us all on track throughout. So everyone brings something different. Uh, and, and able to pull different uh, aspects from each of my different uh, team members. How does the team work together? What's the schedule that you you follow or just your general approach as, as a team? Yeah, so we, uh, for case prep specifically, we have a, an Excel grid that we do. Uh, we have redundancies where we assign two people to every case. And so we make sure to get uh, all of our notes up in advance. And then we typically will meet for like an hour or two uh, before every on-grounds weekend. So we actually are meeting uh, tonight uh, before uh, our weekend upcoming. Do you typically meet on, on the Thursday before the on-grounds residency? Because it, it is in the other weeks, uh, a, a night when you would have distance class. And so sometimes can be easier to slot into one of these days where you would have already had a commitment, but you don't because you don't have distance class in the week leading up to the residency. Yeah, we we have uh, played around with different um, days, but yes, we've sort of landed on Thursdays. And the other piece of it is recency. So making sure that the cases are still really fresh. And so we're actually uh, talking through them the day before the on-grounds um, allows us to, to kind of remember and, and re-engage with the material to make sure that we're uh, really ready for, for the weekend ahead. I want to ask you about something that you you shared. Uh, you mentioned that you discovered this passion or interest in finance. You also said earlier that you are a self-professed poet. So how did you get interested in finance? Did you know that this was something that was interesting to you? Did this spark while you were in the program? I'm curious. Great question. I think that the finance interest has always been kind of in the back of, of my head. I think as I thought about uh, applying to business school, that was a big motivator for me was was getting some more quant skills because I was somewhere where I'd, I'd never really gotten any formal uh, training. And so uh, I took uh, Bob's uh, financial management policies class. Um, I wouldn't say accounting is 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 for me, but um, it is helpful in terms of just understanding the overall landscape and a lot of uh, topics such as like stocks and stock compensation. And there, there's just different aspects of finance that I've really found uh, I've gravitated towards and something that I'm, I'm potentially um, going to try to pursue more uh, in the coming months and years. I love that because we always tell prospective students there's an aspect of self-discovery that happens because you are taking this broad core. So you, before you even move into an elective, so the first year of the executive MBA program, all core curriculum, and you just never know um, what what class might spark, what what might capture your interest. Yeah, and I, I would say a big big part of that was also just struggling with the material because finance was so new to me and just, again, like giving myself that grace, but it was something that I, I found I really enjoyed struggling with and really grappled with because I, because I was, I was naturally just really uh, enthusiastic about it. Did you think about the MBA curriculum and say, gosh, I'm going to have to take accounting. I want to take finance. I'm going to have to take economics. I'm going to take these quantitative courses. Uh, is that something that you, you had to work through or that, that you thought about? You know, I, I didn't think about it from like the specific course. I just thought about it more broadly of like, how can I, build my quant knowledge. And once you're in the courses, and I remember Q3, which is a tough quarter, 
you do finance and accounting, but there's probably some reason behind it because there's a lot of um, cross-pollination in terms of the knowledge base that you're learning. And economics also then ties in. And so like it, once you get into it, you start seeing how everything's really related. And then obviously with the case method, you are looking at cases from so many different angles. Um, so it's really fun to uh, bridge the kind of poet side with all this new quant knowledge to figure out how do how do various leaders and managers get to these decisions, and what are the what are the numbers and the data that that they're that they're looking at to to get there. I appreciate what you shared there because I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to have to like really get into like the the details of accounting, like. I'm going to debits and credits and all this kind of stuff. And, and the reality is, at least when I talk with folks about the case discussions, uh, the focus is much more on kind of taking that senior leader uh, perspective, thinking about it from the, from the perspective of, all right, I've got to make a decision here. What do we think the decision should be? And maybe there's a strategic component. Maybe there's other things that we need to be thinking about. Um, but the way you're learning it might be a little bit different. Than, or a lot different than how people previously knew the subject in undergrad or another another time in their life. Yeah, it's interesting. There, there's kind of the the technical side where you have to learn kind of the, you know, how do you compute something? And then there's the case. So how do you apply the technical side to the case? But yeah, overall, it's it's and and all of our uh, finance professors are are very focused and have, have been very um, clear up front before class to start that their job is to teach us the broader level. We're not expected to be uh, certified public accountants. We're not expected to go run large hedge funds in finance. We are here to to get a a, a broader understanding of these concepts and learning how to apply those at the executive level. So how would you describe the case method? And this is building on some of the things we're talking about here. A lot of prospective students, they know that Darden is a case method school, but can sometimes feel a little nervous to say, uh, can you tell me exactly what the case method is? Because it doesn't reveal itself necessarily. So how do you explain um, what, what the case method is, what this learning experience is like um, to people who don't know as much about it? Yeah. Um, shout out to section B, which I've been in both quarters. Uh, I think it's the best section. I'm obviously biased. The case method, uh, everyone comes prepared to talk through um, a very uh, specific, uh, not, not only topic, but then also, uh, you know, there there's typically a protagonist and they are wrangling with a decision. And as we have gone on a few quarters, it's nice to know what um, what uh, where people work, because um, for example, we have a, a leading organizations case coming up, and there's a whole case on rowing, and I'm going to go tee up Taylor, who I know rode uh, rode at, at Navy, and she's going to be able to give her personal perspective on what that's like. And then as the discussion goes on, you're gonna have other people chime in with personal experiences. Uh, and what I love about the executive program specifically is you've got people that have been in their professions for on average, what, 14, 15 years. They bring so much uh, knowledge to the classroom. And so, you know, obviously we're all learning the material, the technical pieces, learning and reading the case, but the, the, the magic really happens in the classroom and the teachers 
are, their goal is not to talk. Their goal is to guide the conversation, kind of kickstart, and then let all the students go around and teach each other and talk through the material. And there's not always a right answer. There's there's two sides to, to most coins and, uh, and sometimes four or five uh, sides to, to a different case. Uh, but it's the, the real magic happens in the classroom. And I think the teachers are such a, such a critical part of uh, facilitating a really engaging conversation. So how do you figure out how to kind of get into the discussion? Like, so you're a student there, the discussion's happening, people are speaking from their experience, they're sharing, you know, how they're looking at things from a student perspective. How do you figure out where you can add value or contribute to the conversation? It's really difficult, especially at first, because I'm the type of person that wants to just jump in. And what I have to remind myself that what's most important is that I'm contributing and adding value to the room, right? If it's just a comment from the reading, that's not going to really enliven the conversation. And so you sort of have to be really patient and pick your battles. And over time, now again, now we're in Q4, you start kind of seeing the flow of certain classes and if you and and you start trying to better understand where it's going to go, and then you can kind of figure out where you can inject a thought, uh, and then also just being okay that you know you're not you're not going to get called on in every class. Um, you have to think about the fact that we are going to be over call it thirteen classes, and just making sure that you're you know picking your battles right and, and getting your contribution in when when it makes the most sense. I appreciate that that point. I think that is also, I mean, when students, and we've talked about this with some of our incoming students on our recent town halls, people find out that participation is a, it's a good chunk of your grade um, in these classes. And so where people's brain goes to initially is, oh, I've got to talk. I've got to get in here. I'm being graded. I'm being evaluated on participation. That tends to be the first response. And then there's like a calibration thing that happens. Maybe the faculty share some feedback. Maybe people start to get a feel for the rhythm of the class. Like you don't want to be talking all the time. And to your point, you want to find a way to add value. And by the way, the faculty are not going to keep calling on people. They're going to try to spread it out around the room. At least that's my my impression. And so getting comfortable with like, okay, I did, I'm not going to speak in every class and I'm going to have to think about where I can add to this conversation. Uh, we talked about learning curves. That strikes me as one of the learning curves for every student at, at Darden. Yeah. And I will also note that I, most professors will send you uh, halfway through the quarter, they'll send you where you are in participation, knowing that is a, a pretty sizable part of your grade. And so if you're, you know, behind, you've got plenty, you know, plenty of, of classes to catch up. And so it's just nice to know kind of where you stand halfway through each quarter. Well, Hayden, here you are, quarter four. We're approaching a weekend residency. I wonder, uh, do you have a favorite memory from the program thus far? I know it's still early days, but anything jump out to you? Yeah, um, back in, gosh, Q1, which seems like ages ago, uh, in October, uh, we had a, a really awesome reception on the rooftop at uh, Sands Family Grounds. And uh, plus ones were invited. Uh, our professors came. Uh, there was uh, uh, food and drinks on the rooftop. It was a beautiful night. Uh, there was a full moon, I remember vividly. And the moon was rising right behind the Washington Monument. You could see the in entire mall. Uh, it was just an absolutely beautiful setting. Uh, tons of great people. And uh, I really just, I really enjoyed getting to know a lot of the, the plus ones. It was one of my, my, first opportunities to meet 
um, some of my classmates' spouses. So that was just a really special uh, moment early on in the program. Yeah, it's hard to beat beat that view. Now the rooftop is not our space, but we do get to use it from time to time. It's a it's a building amenity, and I, man, I, I've been up there a few times. It never gets old uh, to be able to look at uh, DC from the top of a thirty one story building, looking out across all of uh, the capital region, and see the National Mall. Just just a beautiful space. Absolutely. All right. It's also, as I mentioned, early days, but I wonder as as you look back on the first six, seven months of the program, where you started to where you are now, what do you think of as the impact of the program for you thus far? You know, they say that the MBA journey is is like a transformation. So I think I'm kind of in the in the middle of that that transformation. And I would say the impact probably hasn't fully realized itself yet. But it, but it's coming. Uh, but I've I've really found that uh, I've I've become a better uh, communicator, and it's been super helpful. I, I I you know at work I'm like finding more ways to engage with executives and chat with people on more an executive level. At home uh, I'm like overly communicating my schedule and my needs. Uh, and then with my learning team, like we're texting all the time and like catching up. And so I would say that, you know, one of the profound early impacts that I've noticed is just being a better communicator, which, you know, we're all we're all humans and we all need help and being able to just converse with, with different people and get perspective and uh, has, has been really, really awesome and really impactful so far. What do you think sparked uh, that um, communication uh, growth? Um, was there was there a moment in the program, or just being around other people? I'm, I'm wondering what what helped uh, sort of push you in this direction. I'm trying to think if there was like a specific moment. I think just overall, again, just balancing everything. You you just have to be really uh, open and honest with everyone around you in order to maximize your efforts, right? Because at the end of the day, we, we are all busy. Uh, we are all balancing a lot. And so being able to communicate where you are, uh, whether you're struggling with the class, whether you've got some capacity to take on more casework for a fellow classmate, um, whether that's Saying, hey, honey, we need to make sure we haven't gone on a date night in a few weeks. We really need to lock in a, a time to go out. So just uh, be, being mindful of, of everything that's going on and then be able to communicate how you're feeling and what you're going through because uh, there's so many, there's so many people uh, that are there to support you through your journey. And the only way that they're able to do it is if you tell them what's going on. I appreciate that. And I think that's also very empowering for students, um, particularly as you talk with your classmates, but other people, for them to know uh, what you're what you're feeling, what you're what you're dealing with. Um, th this is not easy. I think it's fair to say. And um, it can be really affirming for somebody to say, look, I, I'm having a hard time right now. This stuff is not making sense. And somebody else on your learning team, somebody else on your classmate, or maybe several other people will say, me too. I'm having a hard time with this. And, and it becomes like, well, of course, you're not the only person who feels this way. Um, you know, there are other people who are also uh, feeling challenged and, and what, whatever the case may be. 
Um, it can be harder to be vulnerable in that way, but I do like to think, Hayden, that, that there's a culture in the program that really encourages that, that promotes that, uh, and makes it safe for people to have that conversation. Yeah, I think the openness is is there. I mean, Darden is such an amazing, like, uh, you know, testing ground to try new experiences, but the the people's in, vulnerability is so present, and everyone is so open and honest. Uh, and being able to connect not only in the classroom, but one-on-one -on -one with some of my classmates on some very deep and personal things. Uh, I remember taking a walk with with one of my classmates and and really getting into something you know very heavy. And just the fact that we have each other and and, and that support network is, is so is so important. Uh, and yeah, we're all you know you never know what someone's dealing with and what they're going through, but um, just just being present and being there for them is just so uh, so nice. And I, for me, I just I love being able to have a positive impact on those people around me and. Uh, hopefully people are feeling that and and that's just that's been something I've really enjoyed throughout throughout the program. Well, what are you looking forward to in the coming months? Uh, no, no, there's a lot going on all the time, but I wonder what you're looking forward to uh, as you as you look ahead. Yeah, um, obviously, March Madness is coming up and I, I, I don't know when this will be posted, but obviously that that is um, very, very important to me. I've, I've been a college basketball fan my whole life and a UVA fan my whole life. So um, national champs 2019. Uh, and then, yeah, just the spring. Uh, uh, I'm thinking about going back to Foxfield. I know Darden has a, a big tent um, that they do at the horse race in Charlottesville. So that I think that'll be a really fun uh, cultural experience. And, and I'm also part of the Darden Run Club. So just getting out and having some warmer weather uh, as we as we take in uh, the beautiful sights around DC. You know, it's interesting. We get asked by prospective students about time in Charlottesville, uh, given that the base location for the executive MBA program is Roslyn, and you have the two leadership residencies. But invariably, we get asked, uh, are there other opportunities to go to Charlottesville? Can I can I do that? And what we always share is that there's a lot of organic trips that just pop up. Students coordinating, hey, we're going to a football game. To your point earlier, we're, we're going to a basketball game. Even if it's on a weeknight, people still find uh, their way there and Foxfield, things like this. Um, it's interesting to me, um, even students who like weren't so sure about Charlottesville, like, okay, uh, DC is easier for me, but I guess, you know, you got the two leadership residencies in Charlottesville, I guess I'll go. Within the, within the first week of being there, they're like, how do we get back here? How do I spend more time here? It's so great. Um, and that is, you know, and that's one of the great things about the program. I think that there's a lot that, that the students coordinate on their own, um, just finding ways to get back to Charlottesville and spend a little bit more time there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember this past fall, one of my classmates, Craig, uh, just happened to pick a football game to go to. And 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 he lives in Chicago and he flew down and uh, went to the game. And I happened to just be there on a on a on a random uh, weekend with my family. And we're uh, right by the lawn and I saw Craig and I waved him down and we got to catch up and, and walked around. And it just happened very organically that he just happened to make his way to Charlottesville. It was such a great um great way to connect and catch up with him. And I've, I've also just found myself in Charlottesville a lot more, uh, being more just connected back to Virginia. And uh, I was in Charlottesville two weekends ago, uh, just, just passing through. So um, it's been great to get back on grounds. 
And that's one of the reasons why we have the leadership residencies in Charlottesville, because we want students not only feel connected to Darden and, and the executive MBA program, we also want students to feel like they're part of the university community and, and UVA students. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear um, every time I hear about groups of students going to football games and basketball games and doing all this kind of stuff, that, that makes me so happy because we do want them to feel like UVA students. And it is one of the nice things uh, about being in the executive MBA program, uh, particularly come March Madness, UVA men's basketball tends to be pretty strong, um, in, at least in recent years. And so um, to your point about the 2019 national championship, uh, so gives you a team to pull for if you, if you don't necessarily have one out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been a lifelong uh, UVA fan, but it's been it's been really nice to see uh, some of my classmates also, you know, wearing the, the UVA hats um, and, sh and the Darden shirts, of course, and, and really embrace uh, Virginia sports. It's been it's been really, really cool to see. All right. Last question for you here, Hayden. Um, what's a piece of advice you would share with our listeners who are thinking about their own NBA journeys? Yeah, great question. I would say don't don't get overwhelmed by the process. Um, I would say take a breath, open your application checklist, and just start tackling one element at a time. Uh, I remember when I had started my application, I just had my second uh, child. And so if I can get through the application process with a newborn and a toddler, so can you. I love that advice because I think sometimes when people think about applying to business school, that's in all caps, it feels like this very daunting process. But to your point, there's a lot of small steps along the way. So just incrementalize it, you know, open an application, step one, step two, read through the application <laughs> and really kind of get organized about what you might need to to submit um, as part of, of the application packet. I always encourage candidates to think about what they affirmatively want to share with the admissions committee. What are those priorities? They absolutely want to make sure come through the application. And it's an initial introduction to who you are. So even a little bit of pre-work saying, here's like the five or six things that I want to make sure people know about me at the end of this when they read this application. And then thinking about how each element of the application can help in that process. Like just break it down. It becomes less abstract. It becomes less daunting. Uh, and to your point, you kind of pick up momentum as you go, you, a little bit as you go. And, and eventually, next thing you know, your application's done and you press submit. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. And I would also just add, I, talk to as many people as possible before making your decision. I know I personally connected with at least five current Darden students and they were very um, accessible. They were quick to set up time. Uh, their perspective was incredibly helpful. And absolutely, I, I made the right decision because I, I was able to talk to so many people before I made mine. Well, Hayden, thank you so much for taking time out of your day for the podcast. It's great talking with you. I look forward to seeing you and your classmates this weekend for the weekend residency. We'll have some visitors uh, sitting in and observing classes. And it's fun to be able to offer those opportunities again, too. So powerful for people to come and, and see the students engage with each other and, of course, see the case method in action. Well, I look forward to seeing you this coming weekend as well. Thanks so much for, for having me on. I really appreciate the conversation. And that was my interview with Hayden Wilson, a first-year student in our Executive MBA class of 2024. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.